to the corner of the round table for Thursday the 14th of December. Um, all right, listeners, so usual suspects, we're with me here tonight, we're going to do the weekend in review. I've only got two horses to follow given the fact that a lot of grand finals have happened. Uh, we're going to talk about two races down there at Randwick, we're going to talk about a couple up here in Queensland at Eagle Farm, one at Caulfield, we'll touch on uh, one of the races there at Ascot. And then, of course, I'll give two Friday tips for everyone. All right, so weekend in review. So we spent 15 units for a return of 48 units. So another really, really good weekend. Um, there is a disclaimer for this one, though. So my staking returned 20 units. So it was a, probably a 30% profit for me. But Connie actually provided me with a great winner in Brung King in the last there at Ballarat. So I got about $7 on that. So I ended up having four units on it. Uh, we won't reveal his source or anything like that, but uh, I was pretty stoked to see it cross the line in pretty, pretty easily, easy fashion. Um, I hope a lot of people snapped up the $12 about Margie's boy there on Sunday at, I forget where it was now, uh, but either way, uh, at Oh, I don't even know. But either way, I hope everyone snapped it up. Oh, Werribee. Sorry, on Werribee Cup Day. hope everyone snapped up the $12 it was about because I think it ended up starting $4.50 or $4.20 there come race time and it duly saluted by about two lengths. So it was a really good black booker that we had from the Cranbourne Cup meet. Um, Bel Nera, the other Sunday tip, was a hot pot in the yard, a hot pot loading, hot pot in the barriers, and then... Funnily enough, was past fit to run, and then you saw her lead up that field in really nice fashion, but then just had no juice at the end. So all that ca- carrying on leading up to the start of the race obviously showed. I'm going to keep uh, that horse in the black book. I think if it can improve its manners, I think it's got certainly ability, and those jump outs that I said on the podcast were just too good to pass up. So I think forgive that run. Um, it's unfortunate for those that took the two, 220, 250 about her and, and saw that happen, but it's one of those things. Uh, we made Freedom Rally a bet. Uh, I thought the horse raced flat after what I thought was quite a good ride there from Jimmy Orman. It was just pipped um, by better horses. Uh, in the deep, we went there at Caulfield. It was funny. I watched Saturday Contenders on Racing.com, and they interviewed Dave Eustace about with the potential family. I think they said the up to 20 mils there at Ballarat, and they interviewed him, and he said, oh, in, in the deep is going to handle it, and what ends up happening is the stable mate outclasses it and wins pretty comfortably. Uh, we made Lions Roar a bet there in the Ingham. I thought the horse was enormous in defeat, rocketed home. Annoyingly, we had Rock, <laughs> Lock Eagle in the black book after its run uh, wide in trip in, I think, Kembla Grange, where it battled on for third, but we opted for Lions Raw given the fact that it was in the field and in the lightweight. Uh, Lock Eagle was second or third emergency and drew out wide, so it was an absolute peach of a ride and a deserved winner. 
Uh, we backed an ex-Snowden horse down there at the Gold Coast called Copenhagen, and it was met with some craziest port come Saturday. So I took about 550 about it on Friday night, and it backed. It was backed into about 2, 2.30, 2.20 come race time, which was a really big, big push. And we know what Tony Gollan can do with those Sydney horses up here in Queensland. So the horse, Julie Slid, I think won by about one and a half lengths. So it was a really good ride from Anthony Allen. Um, Zaki, I thought he was huge in defeat in the northerly. Dom Deschutes obviously deserved the win. We, I did make note of Dom Deschutes' run there in the lead-up to it. Um, it was huge, simple as that. Zaki, like we said, was is probably getting older in life, and he just doesn't have as much zip. Um, I thought it was still a great ride from J-Mac and still a great run from Zaki. Um, then we touched on Hong Kong. Obviously, I made the lay for Lucky Swain S, but he just proved too good. Um, the market support for him was astonishing. So I think he was around the $2 mark, $1.90 um, leading up to Sunday, and then he ended up starting at $1.40 or something like that. And I think if you backed him in the short odds, you would have been a bit worried there around the bend. But then when Zach got him clear, he absolutely rocketed the line, and he showed better signs during his racing on Sunday than he had for his previous two starts. Um, Golden 60 was simply enormous. Um, I think he will arguably go down as the greatest horse that Hong Kong's ever produced, even though he was bred and purchased in Magic Million sales. Um, the fact that he's now won uh, 14 of 16 over the mile, he's won three Hong Kong miles and three, I can't remember the other group one they have over the mile, but he's won that. And I don't think his record will ever be surpassed. Uh, Romantic Warrior had to do it very tough. I thought he was enormous also. The fact that he's come out here to to Melbourne, had a really challenging prep with the Turnbull, the lead-up run, and then that, that huge run in the Cox Plate. And for him to go back to Hong Kong and and win that race was, was pretty phenomenal. I thought there was a couple of good runs in behind. I thought it was interesting to watch Luxembourg because Ryan Moore got off got him off the bit probably at about that 600-metre mark, and he still trucked to the line. So he's a very tough horse. I thought prognosis was very good also. I just think he was just too far back, and those guys up on speed were a, a lot better. Um, it was really, really good watching. Um, it's one of the best meets, I think, international meets that you can probably watch if you are a horse racing fan, just for the quality of horse that goes around, but also just Sha Tin and Hong Kong seem to do things well. In terms of horses to follow, I thought Aristonius was really, really good in the ninth there at Randwick. So he sat three ride the trip, and he actually clocked the race as fast as last final 600, which was really good. So he just peaked on his run late, and I think he's in for a really good prep. The other one, which I think everyone saw, and it was quite funny, I, I watched the race, black booked him, and then you looked at all the shows on, on .com and, and a few of the other podcasts, and they all threw him in the black book as well, is Torrezino in the sixth barrel that. Now, that was won by Horses Up on speed um he weaved his way through traffic um and he was awesome so that was at 1600 meters so i think the step up to 2000 meters or beyond will be really good and i think you can look to back him at third maybe fourth up with his prep because i think he's in for a good one and he, and as you can see he handles all going now we'll move on to this weekend now we'll be put a disclaimer out that this weekend's racing is quite poor in quality so in terms of unit staking for me it's actually going to be a lot less than than what you'd normally 
um, what I'd normally would approach a race meet just because I didn't really seem to find a lot of edges. So probably the max bet that I'll be looking to play this weekend will probably be around the two, two and a half unit mark and probably not much else outside of that. All right, so we'll go to Randwick first. So the rail's out four metres. Um, They're expecting really hot conditions today. So I think it was around the 38 and a half degrees with a storm so we've got minimal rainfall coming tomorrow and saturday so i expect it probably to be a good four early on with a bit of um bit of bit of irrigation from the track managers and we'll probably end up end up likely getting a good three um on saturday given the fact that it's going to be 35 degrees um the pattern itself i think it'll race relatively fair um the rail was in the true last weekend and as you can see horses were coming down the outside um and and it gave every horse the chance i probably given the fact that the firmness of the track will probably be around the good three mark one would suggest that you probably want to be midfield or forward in position simply for the fact that they are just running such fast times that mathematically impossible for a horse to be so far out the back and catch them now we're going to talk about races seven and race 10 on the cards all right so race seven first is an open handicap over the mile now i think there's going to be a decent amount of speed in this race with another one probably using the inside gate i think Daj Ryan will kick up from that from its draw and self self-helpful has also rolled forward in its runs so i'm just getting up the market now when i did this um uh, the form last night for it. Uh, Grabini at the time was favourite. So I'm just getting it up now. Apologies for this. Okay, yeah, so Grabini was favourite and is equal favourite now, $5 with Kerwin's Lane. So Grabini is a stayer on the rise um, who was met with a lot of market support in the festival stakes there over the four, uh, 1,500 metres at Rose Hill two weeks ago. I don't think it was given the best of rides by KMAC, um, which is no surprise to me given the fact that I'm not his biggest fan. Um, the horse was out the back and then came down the outside and actually peaked on his run. He actually clocked the races uh, fastest last six to the 200 metre split and then obviously he peaked on his run like I said. So I think condition gave out. So I think stepping up to the mile now is probably going to be in his favour. And I think from barrier four, I think he's going to sit a lot handier and probably closer to that lead speed. We've again got Kerwin's Lane, who's on the back up there from the Ingham. Uh, he was all the way out the back and was given a good ride by Parr, who crossed the line uh, in fourth, just ahead of Detonator Jack Waterford and Hinge, who are all good horses within their own right. Um, he actually has a really good record at the mile, and he does get Nash Rewilla now, which is a good thing. And as you can see with Barry Nine, I think he's another one who's probably drawn quite nicely. And Nash is one of those guys that can always get a horse to perform above what it's normally expected to do and usually get it out of the gate. So I think given it's Barry Nine, I think it can sit a lot handier and off the rails. But let's wait and see. Uh, we've got King of the Castle. So Parr actually jumped off Kerwin's Lane to ride this fella who's dropping back from the 2,000 metres behind Baby Rider and Wycliffe. Um, he's got a good record at the mile and this track and trip as well. Um, my concern for him is just that drop back from 2,000 metres to 1,600 metres and whether he's going to have a bit of juice lost in his legs. Um, you've then got Super Helpful, who's coming off a 2.8 length third to Attractable and Cepheus, with um, Attractable obviously coming out and performing really well in for second last weekend in that Ingham. Uh, Cepheus was also unlucky in run and did carry the big weight from the wide draw. Um, he does go up three kilos from the win at Canberra that he had just recently between that run. 
um, where he was behind a tractable and, and Cepheus. Um, he came from off the speed on the soft going there and came down the middle of the track. And I think he's probably going to be better suited over the mile. The thing that I have a bit of a concern with him is, is his record at Randwick. He's 0-6. and six, And I think he's only managed... Uh, a third as part of those those sixth um, six runs, yeah, that's true. I'm just checking now. Yeah, he's only run third. Now this brings me to the horse that I actually really really like, and that's Legvate. So I've been on her the la- both her starts this prep. Obviously, we tipped her on the podcast first up at around the nine dollar mark, and then she went around at the five fifty in a in a Phillies and mares BM seventy eight, carrying the big weight with Tommy Berry on board, and she easily accounted uh, for them, knocking off Shadow of Love, who was very short in the market, and and a couple of other handy horses. Um, I think given that she's by Reliable Man, I don't think there's any issue with her stepping up to the mile. And she's actually got quite a decent record over this over this trip um, and tr- and the track. So she had four starts at Randwick for two wins and a third, and then three starts at the track uh, and trip for one start and a third. So I think she's in for it. Now, she does drop an ab- a huge amount of weight. So from the 61 to 52, gets the service of an inform Reese Jones, and I think she's absolutely flying. So I think at around that $9 mark, I think she's an absolute ripping chance. So I'll be having an each weight play on her. We then go to race 10. So race 10 is um, a BM7 out over the 1,200 metres. There's quite a few speed, um, quite a few speed horses in this field with Show High, I think is how I pronounce it, Exolitus and Billion Dollar Baby, all likely to roll forward and set a moderate tempo. So it's quite an open field. As you can see there, there's what, six horses there in single figure odds. And I don't think the market really knows what it wants to do with itself yet with it. Um, so we'll start it. I'll, I'll start just with uh, the market order at which it was when I looked at it last night. So Shohai comes out of Phillies and Mare 78 at Rose Hill on Derby Day. I thought she was fair in that run and has actually never won second up, which is a bit of a concern for me. She does drop two kilos from that run, but however... Um, I thought Jung Kira, who was also in that race, was finishing off a lot stronger. Now, Jung Kira drops two kilos, and um, as does Shohai. So I think given the fact that second up record isn't great, does have a decent distance record, and does get um, Tim Clark, who's a, a very good rider of leaders. So I just think the pressure there is is going to be too much. Uh, you then got Junkira, who I thought was fantastic in that race, was right out the back and came down the middle of the track. Like I said, drops two kilos from that run. Does get Tommy Berry now. Um, now, I'm intrigued to see what Tommy Berry does from barrier three. And does he kind of try and get the horse to sit a bit handier or drop out the back like last start? I'm praying it's the former because I think the horse is a good chance if it can jump on even terms and sit a bit handier. We've then got Gracilla Styler, um, simply two from 20, shithouse record, zero from five first up, has never placed at Randwick, is one from four at the distance, and zero from 14 on good tracks. I think even with the booking of Nash, I don't think it's a chance, so I don't know why it's in at those odds, and the trial for me was really inconclusive. It was probably a typical Waller trial, but I think when you look at it purely from those stats perspective, yes, this is probably the grade for the horse, but I just don't think it sets up well for it. We've then got the Contemporary. Now, I black booked this horse up for its first up run uh, there at Randwick over the 1100 behind Dashing Legend. Um, I thought the horse was really good. He came, came peaked on his run, and I think it was setting up for, for a really good prep for him. 
he then went second up to the 1200 meters there at Rose Hill in another BM78. It was out the back and he finished off really nicely behind Gustosimo, uh, beating home with it with your blessing, who actually came out and won at Kembla really well on the heavy deck. Um, I think you can probably forgive his run on that heavy deck where with your blessing actually put panels on them. Uh, and I don't think he appreciates bottomless decks. Now, he has got a third on a heavy deck, which was the one just recently, but I think he certainly would prefer a good deck or a, or a soft going. Um, does lose Nash from that run, which is really interesting, but does get Schiller, who was interesting on Wednesday there at Wyong. I won't go into it any further because the stewards have, oh, have done their thing. Um also doesn't have the greatest track record there at Randwick. However, all four of his runs have actually been quite good. And he has finished within two lengths of the winner on all four occasions. Now, this is the horse that I find quite interesting. And I think he's been met with a bit of support since we last spoke. So, I... Yeah, so he was around the $10 mark when I was looking at this. So, he's obviously into seven seven fifty now, which is interesting. So, the horse I'm talking about is Dalalat. Uh, had to lump the big weight... Uh, uh, first up, behind, or no, sorry, it's been up a while, actually. First, uh, I won't say first up, but on the 28th of October, over the 1,200 metres there in a BM78. Uh, only went down by point lengths, uh, point 0.9 of a length to Marnix. Then came out and ran a really, really good race in a BM84 to only go down by point 0.4 of a length from Capistrato over this exact track and trip. He did beat home Waihaha Falls, who is a horse that I have an opinion of, who actually came out and ran third in the listed Razor Sharp last weekend, 0.3 of a length behind Recommendation and Insurrection, who, in my opinion, if they were in this race, would probably start odds on. Now, William, uh, with your blessing, was actually in that race and was... Uh, was seventh beaten one 1.8 lengths. So you can probably can tie in temporary into the with your blessing form. The thing I'd have is he's never won first up but, uh, before, but Jason Collect knows him well, and I think he's had four, four starts for him for two wins and a third. I remember looking at that on Sportsbet. Uh, I think from the inside draw, he can get into the rails, and I think he can sit inside show high and make the horse really work because he did lead up really nicely last start. Um, I do like the booking of Jason Collette. I think he's riding really well at the moment, so I have no issues with it. So if you're looking at it from a betting perspective, I do like Dalalat each way. Um, obviously, we're getting a bit shorter now around the 750. It's not around the $10 mark, but I would be keen to have a saver on Contemporary because I think he is still going very well this prep. Now we move on to Caulfield. So I've only got the one race to touch on here at Caulfield, but it's a quite a good race. So the rails are out 10 metres. So the rail was out 10 metres today. And if you go back and watch a lot of those replays, winners were coming up from probably lanes one to three. So you really wanted to be on the rails. And I think there was only one runner to come down lanes four or wider to win the race. And that was interlinked. So put that horse in your black book because I think it's a really, really good horse on the up. Um, so I don't recommend you betting early there at Caulfield. Just keep an eye on it because if it's playing on-speed bias, then you just back on speeders, and that's pretty simple as that. Um, the weather there, they were getting 5 to 10 mils as predicted today. Um, sorry, yesterday, but they've had good. They got good weather for the remainder of the week. So I expect the, um, the track to probably be in the good range, and I don't expect the inside to be chopped out as they initially expected. Um, uh, as per today, my expectation is it'll probably be on speed or those on the rails, but let's just wait and see. So watch those first few races and see if you can find an edge there.
So the race that I really want to touch on is race seven, which is a BM70 over the 1,200 metres. Now, we did make... Um, a horse who's favourite here in Jambalaya, one of our bets or Friday bets there at the at the Valley, and as you can see, the horse duly saluted very very nicely there. Um, I think if you look at the speed map from this perspective, there's not a great deal of speed anywhere. I think Nation State could kick up from Barrier Three, as would the Altruist, but as you can see, probably Jambalaya looks the only notable leader on paper. Now, he comes out of that um, that Mooney Valley Maiden there over the 1,200, ridden by Jamie Carr after some very, very good jump outs there at Flemington. Um, he was a bit green in the straight, but as you can see, Carr was quite soft on him and didn't really require a great deal of riding. Now, the, the concerns I have is there was a horse in that race called She's Bulletproof who was making up ground on Jambalaya late. Now, that horse raced at Mornington on Wednesday, SP to $1.30, and if you took those short odds, it wasn't a super easy watch if you took them. And the figure coming out of that maiden wasn't great. So my concern for that is, is Jambalaya flattered by the margin because it didn't really beat much? It does have a good SP profile, however. So it did start nine $1.95 on debut in that race. We then got O'Cool, I thought, who was also another very good um, win there in a maiden over the 1,200 metres at Mooney Valley on the soft five. Now, as we saw last weekend, Canyon Lands came out and was very game in defeat last week at Ballarat in the first race behind Sunset Dreaming. So you could probably tie in the form lines there. You've then got Ginger and Pink, who's probably got the most race experience in those in the market. Does lose Tommy Stockdale for Tatum Bull, who's a, a, a jockey who I think has potential, but she's not a, the strongest of riders. So my concern is if it's a leader bias track and she really needs to muster the horse to move, I don't think she'll be able to do it. Now, this brings me to the horse that I'm actually quite keen on, and this is War Drama. Now, good odds there, about 13 bucks that you can get it. Now, I'm going to just, it was in Black Book for me after its last start um, maiden win there at Warnable over the 1,200 metres. I thought to the eye, the win was very impressive. It won by about three lengths. But then when you go back and look at the sectional data, and it, the horse was actually very, very good. It actually clocked a 0.03 seconds quicker 1,200 metres than the BM70 over the same trip that day that was won by Call Me Bruce. So one would suggest being stepping up to the, the BM70 grade, this horse is definitely in it with a chance. Now, to put it in perspective... The BM70 on the same night as Jambalaya's run there over the 1,200 metres at Caulfield was five lengths quicker than Jambalaya or almost a second quicker. So when you compare that, yes, I know that they're two different tracks and two different comparisons in terms of BM70s, but one would suggest that War Drama is really up to that grade and whether or not Jambalaya could make up five lengths, I don't know. I think $1.90 for Jambalaya given... Um, given the run is probably a fair price, particularly if it is going to be a leader or, or rails bias. But I think War Drama is a ripping chance, and I actually would have him marked second favourite over Oak Hill, just because of the figure that it put up. It still gets the blinkers, gets Michael D on board. The barrier is just a slight concern, but let's just wait and see what happens. Um, I think the horse is a really good chance. Now, we, we go to Eagle Farm now. So the rails are in the two-meter position. Now, they were on Wednesday with out seven meters. Now, it played really fairly on, on Wednesday, which was good. I saw horses coming down the outside like Flying Mickey in the last, which was great to see. So now you've got to think one lanes one to five. Are they likely to be the best ground because they've been um, quite 
conservative by keeping the ray out at seven meters i guess we'll have to wait and see now we've got storms and hot weather in brisbane here i think we're getting predicted storms and showers tomorrow afternoon and then we've got a hot day saturday so big thing excuse me to keep an eye on is horses in the mounting yard look for horses who are real flighty and I guess on edge and look for horses who are really sweating up because they are not conserving their energy very well. Um, all right, so we're going to touch on a class three, which is race, I think race two. Uh, yeah, we're going to touch on race two. We're going to touch on race eight briefly and then race nine. Okay, so race two there, this um, it's actually a really good 18, um, really good class three over the 1800 meters. Um, I think there's three very good horses who I think could go and make a step up in grade moving into this summer carnival, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. So I've got a slow to moderate tempo set by Arts Object leading from West Cork. Now, market order suggests that, uh, or market suggests that there's three winning chances. Princess Reynes, um, I've always had a good opinion of, of this mare, even when she was down there with Peter Moody in Victoria. She comes out of BM85 running third to Russo, who is one of the most shocking horses to follow. Um, I just can't catch the horse, and I think he's he's is an enigma, but he did win this race. Um, form lines aren't the best, but Ryan Maloney does stick. Um, and she does have quite a good SP profile, which doesn't surprise me as to why she's favourite. The thing that does not fill me with a great deal of confidence is she is 3 from 20, so her winning strike rate isn't great. She has drawn barrier 9, which I think is good for her because it won't, she won't get stuck up on the fence. But if it is a race where they're up, um, sorry, a day where they're up on speed, I don't think she's going to be suited by that. The second horse is Madame Odette. Now, I loved her run last start. We were actually on, and I think we had a three-unit play on her for her to just uh, go down by 0.3 of a length, just getting too far back there over the mile at, um, at Doombin. Um, she doesn't have a great record at Eagle Farm, only running third from three once from three starts, which is a slight query for me. And she's actually... She's gone beyond 1,800 metres, but she's actually never... I'm sorry, gone beyond 1,600 metres, but never actually performed. Um, she did go run in, in the Roses there, which is one of the main lead-ups to the Oaks there in the winter, and then went to the Oaks over the longer trip and was simply just outclassed. I think she's a great chance. Gets Benny um, Thompson has drawn really handy in, in barrier, barrier two, so I think she, that she's kind of the horse with the map advantage over the other two. Now, the other horse that I really like is Amancor. So, uh, I think it's, sorry, Animacor, I think. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Well, I guess we'll have to wait to see Josh Fleming or David Fowler do that. Now, I love this horse. Um, I thought it was, I didn't back it on, on debut there at the Maiden Behind the Money Man, but the horse was a moral beaten in that day. It was very, very unlucky and absolutely rocketed the line to only get down, go down by 0.1 of a length. Then went to a mile maiden uh, up there at the sunny coast on the 10th of November and absolutely rocketed home. And funnily enough, it was actually my boy Michael Rod's first winner back after his CTE symptoms. The horse then stepped up to the 1,800 metres in a Class 1, which is not an easy thing to do to go from maiden to Class 1 grade. And he duly saluted by in a length carrying the big weight. So he drops a kilo from that run, and I think he's, well, he's got the 1,800-meter run under his belt. I think from barrier seven, he can probably sit just off midfield, and I think of all the horses in this race, he's the one with the probably the most upside, and he's the one that I really want to back. I do understand that Princess Rainey's probably comes out of the, the best form race. Madame Odette 
comes out of a class three um, there at, at Doom. But I just think this horse has got something a bit special. And it's really good to see that uh, Sean Dwyer gets a good one. Uh, Michael Rod obviously sticks. And I think he's a really good chance around the 440 mark. Now, quickly touch on race eight, because this is one of the features of, of this in the listed Channel 7 Gold Edition play. Now, annoyingly, I had Tiger Shark in my black book after its run uh, in the mode stakes. Now, the horse drew, uh, that was over the 1,200 meters there at Doombin. Now, the horse did draw barrier 11, so it had to roll forward and can use a lot of energy to lead that race. Now, it kicked on at the top of the straight and was found wanting late after its arduous run to get to the lead. Um, I love that he's got the 1,200 meter under his, route, under his belt. I'm just hoping that that race didn't sap him because I think he's a ripping chance. It's just that barrier again where he's drawn barrier 15. And if you're looking at this speed map from um, from a, I guess, a speed map perspective, you've you've got some horses who have shown pace in their in their races before, but a lot of them are expected to sit midfield. So I'm hoping if Avone or Avoni, however you pronounce, from Barrier 14, um, kind of kicks up and rolls forward, Tiger Shark can kind of follow it along, and hopefully it can sit outside lead and get a quite a conservative run. Um, I think it's over the odds around the $12 mark, given the fact that um, Abounding's probably going to be back off its run. Show Me Mercy's first up. Guess is one, two from two first up and, and is actually really a good horse here. If you haven't got Defiant Spirit, who I think was all right for its two starts um, this prep, uh, I think Show Me Mercy is a better chance. And then you've got Deep Respect there, who's who's coming off a fourth uh, in that race that was run second by, I'm sorry, third by Defiant Spirit. So I think there's pots on a few of the horses there at, uh, ahead of it in the market. Um, I think it's a really good chance. One thing you've got an interesting to note is the ultimate gear change has happened with a horse by the name of Sofrado, who was a horse that really performed well in the juvenile races here um, in the winter. So keep an eye on that because um, you often see horses really step up and, and really perform after those gelding operations. Now, race nine, the Loch Ness. So this is the feature race of the day and probably one of the races of the day around Australia outside of, the, obviously, the, the gold rush. Um, I've got a good uh, tempo set by Military Mission and Zushak. I also have had a big goodbye up and close along with Scolopini and You Called It. I think O.T. Ra will likely head out the back given the fact that he, he is a stayer along with 11-11 and Irish Songs. And I think Far Too Easy can probably park up from Barrier 5 just, off the, um, just on midfield. Now, Far Too Easy comes out of a very game second there in the Kosciuszko in October, where front page just dominated things from up front. He had a very nice trial behind Emperor over the 10-10 there at Ballina, and I have no concerns with him really kicking off his prep over the 1,400 metres. So I think he'll have some residual fitness from that run there in October. Um, Jimmy Orman knows him very well. He's drawn well, as I said, in Barrier 5. Um, I think he can sit run, and I think he's got the biggest finish of every horse um, in this. You've then got Cor, you called it, who's first up off of two nice trials. I really liked his last trial um, over the 900 metres there at Scone, particularly that final 300 metres where he really responded well to the riding. His first up stats read really well, so he's had six starts for two wins, a second and a third, and he's handled the Eagle Farm track before, and is actually nine from 16 at the distance. The thing is that I don't have... 
too much. I'm not super keen on... Oh, he's just come out, sorry. So I don't even know why I'm wasting my time. I'm not super keen on Andrew Malian as a jockey. He does my head in a little bit. Makes a lot of mistakes. So there you go. Uh, we've got Scolopini. thought he was quite plain first up after talking him up, and I thought he was um, I thought he was going to beat Zerastro. Uh, he does love this track. He loves this trip and has carried weight before. I just have question marks like like um, like we did with with Zaki because this fella is nine and and is the decline starting to be in begin because I thought he was quite plain uh, first up in what was the race in I think the I think it was the recognition stakes there. So I thought he, he wasn't great in that race. And he's, weirdly enough, shorter in the market at 6.50 than Iris Songs, who I thought was finishing off a lot better than him. He then got the big goodbye. I think Robbie Dolan is riding like a man possessed at the moment. He's getting horses who are outside of the market home in some very good races. Um, big goodbye comes out of the George Moore stakes that was quinellaed by Rothfire and Zoo style. Now, he does handle the Eagle Farm track, but he has never gone beyond the 12.50 before in his career. So I have really big concerns, particularly given his run there in the George Moore stakes, about running out of strong 1,400 metres. You then got Military Expert, who was in the Ingham last weekend, but didn't make the field being an emergency. Now, this is a drop in class, and he'll likely lead this race with, with Zushak um, if Zushak misses the kick. Does get Benny Thompson in the lightweight and just drawn really nicely to do so. Um, Iris Songs finished off much better, like I said, than Scolopini in the recognition stakes. So, like I said, I don't understand the mark, um, the market with this. Um, last time we actually saw Iris Songs over the 1,400 metres was when he came rocketing down the outside at, at good odds and he beat home Williamsburg, who should have won the um, festival stakes there uh, two weeks ago. So... He was Cepheus was also in that race. He's also been competing up in um, up in grade, and he's got a good record of this trip. So he's one of the ones that I'd be putting in my quaddies. We've then got eleven eleven. Who so you could probably forgive he went round in the Warra. He hates heavy going, and I think they're just aiming him for the Gold Coast Magic Millions. He loves that track and has a fantastic record at it. So I just think they're building him up to that. Um, he has won second up before, but I think, like I said, just wait for that uh, grand final come Gold Coast Magic Millions time. Now, the one at odds who always seems to improve second up is Vinko. So he was quite plain in that in that run there in the George Moore, 10th of 10th, beaten 11 and a half lengths. But you go and look at his form and he's zero from nine first up. You then go dig a little bit deeper and he's actually uh, finished in the top three on four occasions from eight attempts second up. He's actually got a really good record at the track and distance as well. Seven starts for two wins, a second and a third. So he likes this distance. He likes this track. He's got a record second up. So he's a horse that I wouldn't be leaving out of the quaddy. Um, I think if he is, um, he's here to go. I think far too easy wins this race, but I do have um, military expert and Iris songs as, as dangers. And if we're looking at um, quaddy numbers, then I'd be looking at two, four. Actually, take sorry, four, five, seven, eight. They're the ones I'd be taking in this. And I think you can probably risk Scolopini. You can probably risk Zushak. And you can probably risk the big goodbye, given the fact that he's never gone on beyond uh, beyond 12.50. All right, so we're going to quickly touch on a race there at Ascot, where we have a black booker running in Rock Legacy in race five. 
So the rails are out four metres there at Ascot. Fine weather expected. I expect the track to play quite fairly, favouring those horses that kind of run on partially. So you can kind of see that it's one of those tracks where horses can really fan out and finish off really nicely. So we're touching on the 1,800 metre, one metro rim restricted handicap. Uh, speed map I have, Zelda Rock, Ace Command, Royal Gap all using their inside draws to kick up. And I have just a midi kicking up from the out wide to coming across. So I think they're going to set a decent tempo here. Now, we've got Rock Legacy here, so was very good fifth in the BM72, which is a step um, up in grade from this trip over the 1,800 metres there on the 2nd of December. Now, he was right out back. He tried, um, Troy, Troy Turner tried to ride for luck and was just running up bums for the majority of the straight. Now, he dropped him back, peeled out the outside, and his last 200 was very, very nice. So I think it's a perfect setup for this race. And I don't actually dislike him being drawn barrier 13, where he's not going to run the risk of being um, caught on the rails. And I don't think Troy Turner will make the same mistake twice. Um, I think he's a ripping chance, and 480 is a really good price to find out. All right, so that brings us to the Friday tip. So we got two there at Mooney Valley. Uh, I don't really want to go near Canterbury because I'm not the biggest fan of that track, but I do have two that I like. So the first one there we have is Mooney Valley Race 3 in Ballinor. So the horse um, is a real, I thought he was really, really good on Cranbourne Cup Day. He was in a BM64 over, I'm sorry. Uh, he was in a BM70 handicap on Cranbourne Cup Day over the 2,500 metres and he was he was kind of on speed there, and he really looked to hit a flat spot around the maybe the the 400 meter mark. But then he really picked up again, and he went to the line with Hurra, um, Hurricane, who's a horse that I know Nick Ryan has quite a good opinion of, and a stayer on the rise. Did knock off Chihuly, who had a, um, a much nicer run behind the speed and in transit, and there was quite a decent gap back to um, back to third after that run. Now Michael D does retain the ride, which I think is fantastic, and I think from this barrier. What I love is I think he maps really nicely because I think he maps to sit two pairs back off the fence with Guns of Blazing and Cable Dancer um, leading up this field. So I think if Ballinor can kind of follow Guns of Blazing and just park in behind him, I think he's going to be a ripping chance. And obviously we know he's got the 2,500 meter run under his belt. He maps really nicely. So I think he's actually a really good chance. The other one that I have is in race five. Now, tread lightly with this one because this is a black booker of mine because I loved her run last start an 1100 meter maiden there at Bendigo now the horse I'm talking about is Miss Passion so you go back and watch that run the last 200 meters or I think even the last 400 meters were very very good sectionals for the day and she ended up putting the field away quite easily so I have no issues with her stepping up and trip what I do have issues with though is the fact that we've got some quite nifty horses in this particularly Sisterhood. So Sisterhood is a very good horse in her own right. She won a Class 1 handicap on the 22nd of November over the 1,200 metres and really fought hard for that win uh, to just uh, beat Who Dares. And then there was a huge gap back to third. So the race rated really well. Now, my only concerns I have for Sisterhood is, is she now looking for 1,400 metres? or even like 1,300 metres because she's first up. Now, she has one second up, and she does have a really good record at the distance, and she's drawn really nicely to probably lead up this field from barrier four. There will be a bit of... Um, bit of, of pressure, obviously, because I think Tango Jewel can kick up from barrier three, and then you've got... Uh, 
Little Miss Gutsa and Yosemite Falls and Million Dollar Mama all probably rolling forward from wide barriers. So is this going to be something where they're all pressuring each other up and it's going to leave for something to get one last crack at them just behind the speed? Potentially. And I think Billy Egan knows Miss Passion really well. So if you're looking at it from a betting perspective, I think the market will trend towards Sisterhood. As you can see, she's $2.10. So probably wait, but I'll be having a little unit on Miss Passion because I think she's come back really good this prep. And... Um, obviously, Peter Moody's one of those elite trainers. Um, so in terms of that, that's all I have for you guys tonight for this Saturday. Um, there's not much running around on Sunday, so I can't really give you that either. But good luck on the punt, everyone. And we will be, be- well, I'll be back next week to touch on those Saturday races. Anyways, have a good weekend, team, and stay cool.